one of the things you're going to have to get comfortable with if you're going to be successful is doing things that are hard when no one notices, when your motives are miscalculated, and when there's no one cheering you on. By the way, this is the Edgy Conversations Podcast. I'm Dan Walchman. As you know, the podcast where all we talk about, everything we talk about is radical help for people who need it. And actually, it's radical help for people who want it. But I guess there's some people who need it too, and they should listen in. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot is this idea about progress. And progress is slow and gritty. If you're expecting to be an overnight success, then you're destined for failure because you're going to give up long before the fruits of your effort actually turn into something that you could call success. Often people look at um, my running, for an example, and they'll say, oh man, I wish I could be like you. I wish I could run the distances or I wish I could run at the speed or pace that you run. And that would be awesome if I could do that as well. Now, here's what's interesting about that is that, one, I've been running for a really long time. I mean, I, I feel like I've been running since I'm a kid. I haven't been really competitive until the last maybe three or four or five years. But in that time frame, in that last three or four years, I've logged over 18,000 miles. It might be getting close to 19,000. feels like there's another set of miles every few, every few minutes. <laughs> really, there's not. And so if you're looking to copy somebody else, it may seem like their life is a lot easier, like what they're doing to be successful is easier than what you're doing to be successful. But the reality is you don't see what they're doing in the dark when no one's cheering them on. You don't see that they're up grinding at midnight trying to be successful. You don't see that. What you see is the fact that they've written a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. By the way, if you haven't read The 4-Hour Workweek, if you've just read the title, then you may believe that that book is all about just working four hours. In fact, I have people quoting it all the time to me saying, oh, well, you know, Tim Ferriss wrote this amazing book called The 4-Hour Workweek, and he built his life around only working four hours a week. Now, listen, the ridiculousness of that, of you thinking that, is that you don't get the whole story. I mean, in fact, Tim Ferriss will say, if you, if you follow his podcasts or, or, or any of his additional writing, I work 100-hour weeks. I mean, I work crazy amounts. But the point of the book is to learn how to build structure and processes and have other people help you, people who you can outsource tasks and labor to, who can help you get closer to where you want to be. Again, it's that idea of what you're willing to do when no one's there to cheer you on. One of the things that I've noticed is that, well, when I think about running, I think about how lonely a sport it is. If you think about it, when you play football, you've got, you know, well, professional football, you've got 50 some odd players on a side. If you're playing basketball, you've got 15 dudes on a side, right? At least, you know, five in the game, but a bunch on the bench. Hockey, you've got a bunch of players. I won't pretend to know how many people are actually on a professional hockey team. You've got baseball. I mean, you know, you've got you've got all these people on a team, on a in a team sport, and you're going to town, and it's not just you, it's them plus all of your fans and their fans and your family and their family and everyone together is one big massive cheering cabal, right? It's a it's a it's just a massive sport with lots of people cheering you on. 
But running is different. Running, especially if you're running ultras, there's no, I mean, even your family is not there to run with you most of the time. Now, I've met some runners whose spouse happens to run with them. Uh, in fact, I've got one friend who actually did a podcast with last year who together, I think they've got a five or 600 day running streak going. It's, it's amazing. But for most people with running, it's just you. And it feels like that parallels a lot of how life is. No one's there cheering you on when you make the decision to do the right thing most of the time. No one's there to say, hey, go do this. You're awesome. That's the right move. Go do it. Yay. No one's there. When you decide to trade a brownie for carrots, no one's there saying, hey, good job, buddy. You made a wise decision. You are healthy. No, you just you just do it. When you want that brand new iPhone or when you want that new gadget and you say, no, I'm going to invest the money in a course or I'm going to hire a mentor, I'm going to go to this event and learn something, you know, who's there saying to you, man, I admire what you do. You are awesome. Like, that is incredible. Keep at it. You're crushing it. No one. No one. And I don't say that to be negative. I don't say that to be antagonistic. I just want you to be a realist about two things. One of them is this idea that you do the right thing, not because other people are cheering you on, but you do the right thing because it is the right thing. That's ultimately why you want to do anything. If it's not the right thing, go find the right thing and do it. If it's just about you having willpower to do it, then you need to ratchet up the intensity in your life that would stand in the way of you not doing the right thing. For example, you need to talk yourself off the ledge sometimes. You know, I do this all the time. Hey, Dan, you better do this. You better do it right because people are depending on you. People are watching you. People are coming to an opinion about greatness because of the example that you set. And if you're going to waste their time, then maybe you don't deserve to be successful after all. And I might have to give myself a little bit of a song and dance, a little bit of a pitch, a little bit of in-my-face tough love so that I go and do something that is uh, otherwise uncomfortable, a little bit awkward, something that feels unnatural. So take a quick thought. I, I know it's not always a, a, you know, a glamorous discussion to say. Take a quick look at what you're doing in the dark. But, but that's really the essence of today's podcast. I want you to examine what it is that you do when no one's watching. What are the, let's get raw for a second and talk about bad habits. What are the bad habits that you have that other people don't know about? Can I tell a little secret to you? And it's probably no secret because anyone who knows me as a child knows. Do you know that I sucked my thumb until I was in first or second or third grade? Could you believe that? In fact, because I sucked my thumb, my front teeth were all bowed out. My mom tried just about everything to stop that habit. 
she put hot sauce on my thumb. She would sometimes put um, saran wrap, I guess is what you call that. So it would, you know, would taste awkward. She would, she would try everything. She would give me a whoopings if she saw me with my, my thumb in my mouth. But for the first five, six, seven, eight years of my life, I continued to suck my thumb. I remember saying, if you can go, if you can go 30 days without sucking your thumb, because that was, you know, that's about the time it takes you to form a new habit. I'll bake you a pie, any pie, a whole pie of your choice. I might have gone a week or a couple days and, and then I fell back into the trap. Finally, one day my dad said to me, and, and I'm a kid. Uh, I'll give you $100 if you can stop sucking your thumb. And that was the last time I ever sucked my thumb. <laughs> no joke. I, I kid you not. That dirty little habit, that little insecurity was solved with a $100 bill. But I got to tell you, I've developed a series of other bad habits that you don't know about and I'm not going to share with you. And you've got bad habits that you're not going to share with me that are things we need to work on, right? There are reminders about what it is to take our lives and our games and our relationships to the next level. At any one time, you're no better than your weakest link. Think about how amazing that is or how shocking that could be on one hand. At any one time, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So think about that. Analyze that. What for you is that thing, that obstacle that could potentially be your undoing? Most of the time, I'm convinced great people fall, not because they're human, but because they stop improving. The truth about success, about progress, and about momentum is that if you continue to improve, you'll get to where you want to be. It's when you're complacent. It's when you think you've achieved enough. It's when you're in pain and you've decided that you're no longer willing to be in pain. That your dreams, your goals, your ambitions, your desires, your passions go away. So as you venture towards success, whatever that means for you right now, I'm guessing it's multidimensional. There's a part that's financial, money related. There's a part that's relationship related. There's a part that's emotional, spiritual, religious, mental for you. Those are the real three main elements that all of us have for success at any one time. Think about the things you're willing to do when no one's watching. What are you so determined? What are you so emboldened, impassioned, eager to do that it doesn't matter if someone's cheering you on, you're going to do it anyways. You don't need a crowd. You've got a reason. You don't need someone clapping. You've got a cause. And that should bring you excitement. That should bring you motivation. That should bring you enthusiasm. Because when things get tough, you'll persist doing hard things if it really matters to you. 
But if you're someone who only does things when people are watching, you're going to struggle pretty much all the time for the rest of your life. So here's my challenge for you today. And I'll stop beating you up, but but really this is a, is a lesson to me first, which is if you only do things because people are cheering, because they're watching, if you can't be motivated because of something that you believe passionately, then you're destined for a life that is not extraordinary at all, but one that's pretty mediocre. And in fact, sometimes not even that. It could be poor. So develop the mental toughness, develop the tenacity, develop the will to win even when no one else is there encouraging you to be successful. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Edgy Conversations podcast. Again, I'm Dan Walshman, Radical Help for People Who Want It. Uh, next episode, I've got some uh, exciting stuff I'm going to share with you, okay? I'm really pumped by this, this next segment. And uh, look, in the meanwhile, just gut check, gut check. Are you ready to be awesome? Okay, gut check. Um, as always, stay edgy and be awesome.